Who do you know who would do the best at a wellness cult? I mean, it's Steven in terms of the hosts. It's definitely me. How haven't you joined a wellness cult? As a I bit. did not join a wellness cult. As a bit. But, How huh? haven't you? As a bit. Fair enough. Well, the reason is it's expensive. <laughs> Those things are expensive. Oh, that's fair. We've talked many times about the time that I went on a date with a girl and she was actually like, I want you to join my cult. But not in those words. Just like, oh, I had this, I have this group of people. They're really special. They taught me that I was getting stepped on and they showed me how to be a real leader. You should come hang out with us. It's a thousand dollars. And you, but you did what I did, which is for those of you at home, uh, to peek behind the curtains in the moments that you couldn't see is Steven said, yeah. And then I learned that these people, that I was getting stepped on and I like leaned over and my eyes went like, hello. What? No, and then no, you no. kept talking. I was like, "Oh, like that." Yeah, yeah I was not talking in with. Fun way. I was talking with somebody about how um, I wanted to be Spider Man. I just, in general, these are conversations I have. Um, and um, uh, we were chatting about that, and the idea was like climbing up to their apartment. And I was like, I was, and you were like, you could, you know, you could bound up the walls, you know, real Jackie Chan. It. And I was like, yeah, I've always wanted to be Spider Man. You know, climb a wall, swing, do the web swinging, do the upside down kiss. And they're like, you could just do the upside down kiss like on a couch. And I was like, no, 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 no. In Spider-Man 2. When, yeah, when he, exactly. Exactly. Jonas started to do it too. He, his, mo- his mouth opened and he started to move towards the microphone. Yeah. No, in Spider-Man 2, she does the kiss and realizes it's not the same. You got to be, you got to be, you know, suspended. You got to be all like, and this person was just like, so you just want somebody to tie you up? And I was like, well, I got to go. I have you wanna, to You want to be kind of waterboarded as it's happening? Yeah, I want to be yes. waterboarded and tied up. And I was like, I got to leave. Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. Now it's time to do the podcast with the time limit in place because Steven's charger does deeper. not work. <laughs> On As You Know, the podcast that is dedicated to covering the first and last episode of every television show because we got scammed into a a hippie wellness lifestyle cult. (laughs) I'm Ian Benson. Joining me as always, he needs to eat right now, babe. It's Travis Marvin. (laughs) What's up? (laughs) Best scene in the show. I really enjoyed this show. <laughs> that little stupid part. <laughs> so that she can microwave a burrito for him or whatever that was. Well, he plays a ukulele. Yeah. Also, joining me as always, he is fleeing from zombies in a in a go-kart. <laughs> sure. It's Steven Doughton. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't like zombies. Uh, no, not with us because uh, I switched the jelly beans for placebos, and now he has the bad jelly beans. Matsiani, who's also gone missing, I guess, and that, I, but that's more about me trying to fulfill my own empty life. The actress who played Chantal was a former guest, Ali Dostolfo's boss at an art museum about 10 years ago <laughs> in New York City. The character that I believe uh, former guest Jeff Daniels called like the greatest villain on television, <laughs> Chantal Winterbottom or whatever. <laughs> Uh, Claire McNulty is the actress's name. Mm, I see here that this person went to Oberlin. Wow. That's in Ohio. Well, now. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Let's just, yeoman, that's more and yo women. Go Scots. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, pers- I, personally, have I, a, I personally have a v- big vendetta against Oberlin because I believe they're the last team in Ohio to defeat my alma mater in college football. That I, that I believe is correct. I believe <laughs> I've heard that fact bandied about. Uh, I have said that they should repeat that fact uh, with more pride than the fact that they're the school that produced Tony Morrison. And I have said before that Tony Morrison <laughs> was maybe the greatest living American. <laughs> so <laughs> that puts in perspective what yeah. my thoughts are. Yeah, I, I know that this is a podcast dedicated to covering television shows and all of that, but we should do this now. Did you guys see the Rutgers news? What? Uh, Nunzio's back at OC. Yes. <laughs> Nunzio, Nunzio has returned. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, I'm going to have to mention this. We're going to have to say that name. The guy you probably times. should be voicing Mario. Do we want to wage into that discourse? No, because we don't have time. When we do the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, we can talk about that. But <laughs> Chris Pratt is actually OC at Maryland now. Um, people are saying he sh- he doesn't deserve it, but I don't know. I think he can do anything. He should He's take so a charming. He's probably better. Do you than remember Brian his Ferentz. role on Parks and Recreation, Andy? He was so charming. He's yes. actually really good in that role. He is very charming in that role. He has the he has like the two jokes that I think of two line deliveries that I think of most from that show, just randomly, with the. Uh, Leslie, I put in your problems into Google, and it says that you have internet connectivity issues. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, it's just when he, they address the way he lost all that weight as they're walking up the stairs, and it's just like, so you stopped drinking beer for a month? That's all you did? How much beer were you drinking? And the way he just goes, ah, probably too much. <laughs> I thought he just goes like, a lot. But no, no, no. He just dismisses it like that. It's just like <laughs> too much or something. Maybe it's a lot, but it is like played yeah. for. Like, ah, oh, don't worry, you know. Yeah, uh, and that's great. But that's okay. not what we're here to talk about. The Fair all, search the, party. Why'd you pick search yeah. party? Ian? I I picked search party because um, many people I know quite enjoyed this show, and it features many people that I liked. And I've accepted I'm never going to get around to it. I'm just never <laughs> going to sit down and watch. The five seasons, 50 episodes that aired across TBS and HBO Max. I just, I have other things and uh, I'm I'm sorry for that. And I was like, well, I know that it ends in such a wildly different space than it opens. And I know that the whole show kind of had that thing where like, first it's like kind of a true crime, dark comedy send up. And then it becomes like a courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. And then it tackles like a wellness industry sort of things like that, and the mille- and it's all about the in between that. Experience. There's a, a whole season where uh, Dory is being held captive by an obsessive twink fan. I'm sorry, uh, what's a twink? What is a twink up fan? As his aunt Susan Sarandon. No, no, he's an obsessive fan who's also a twink, oh, and like when he was first what? appeared on the show, he was just called like the twink of Dory. Of Dory. Because they're so. She a, I mean, she do you want me to just give it? you the broad synopsis of the entire series? Search party yeah, to you because I could do that. So let, we'll try and do the abridged one. So, search party uh, as it opens is is about uh, this group of four college students or four recent college graduates in Brooklyn who learn that a classmate of theirs uh, has gone missing, uh, and even though none of them really care about the about that person about Chantal Dory uh, needs some fulfillment in life as many uh, anti-heroes do. Uh, and they began the search for her. Um, this leads to them uh, killing uh, Ron Livingston in self-defense at some point, uh, which then leads to them going on trial uh, and they become a national 
uh, you know, it's a huge media case. And this is all after Chantal is disco- it's discovered, like wasn't actually missing at all. She ran away and then she comes back and she's awful, but, uh, becomes national case. And there is somebody who is an obsessive fan who kidnaps Dory. And the whole season four is he has Dory in his basement. Uh, and he also like, has a whole thing where he like dresses in his like aunt's wardrobe who is played by Susan Sarandon and she gets oh, yeah. out eventually. And then uh, after almost dying in a fire, having a near death experience, she feels that she has achieved enlightenment. So she, with the aid of uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum as like a weird tech CEO type uh, starts a wellness cult. Uh, and eventually they, feel like using science they feel they've concocted pills that can give you enlightenment and then uh you know once people actually have them it turns them into zombies and it causes the apocalypse so it's a wild ride uh (laughs) season five was not i think what anyone expected but it was fun well that was uh, as you know we just covered the whole (laughs) show right yeah now you know everything about this instead of just two you know, sorry, spoilers for everyone in the show where we always talk about the series finale of the show that feels extra spoilery, but that's in broad strokes what happens. I like also that this show has a cast of uh, my dreams, you know, you read through it and you're just like, who all were reoccurring characters here? Podcast <laughs> luminary Griffin Newman, who appears in the finale and now gets to be on, a- on all star watch yes. in case we ever he do plays. the tick. He's the he's the, he's the red herring uh, originally where he is Chantal's ex boyfriend. Uh, he just appears at the end. He's the yeah, one, he calls David, he's out the one he's like, oh, get in line. Clearly oh, he's, played by Griffin he? Newman. He's the one going. Oh, no, men should okay. go first, then women. <laughs> That's him. Yeah, he's <laughs> whacking them down at the escape. Uh, Christine Taylor as uh, the rich lady that Dory works for. Uh, uh, people Randon as uh, J Smith Cameron. Yeah, I was going to say people who are listed that we didn't get to talk about include, yeah, J. Smith Cameron, J. Duplass, uh, Parker Posey, uh, Connor Ratliff, another podcast luminary. There's an episode with Tunde Abinpe where he's also part of a different kind of cult. Um, is what's the what's the cult that he's part of? I don't remember exactly. I just remember he's. It's like it is clearly a cult, but I don't. It's like a, a one episode weird thing. Are there any jokes about Kip Malone? No. Kim Malone should have been on Search Party. Yeah, but he doesn't act, and Tunde does. So I think that is is part. Rosemary, of it. okay, time out, time out. We're gonna uh, time out on two fronts here. One, Rosemary oh. Harris was in this show. I do not remember Rosemary Harris appearing on this show at all. Follow up question: Is Rosemary Harris still alive or dead? She's still alive. Th- oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Travis. You're correct. Rosemary Harris, ninety-five years old. Shout out to you, Aunt May. Yeah, she's lived through multiple Spider-Man. I can't reboots. believe they won't hire her again. I mean, wonder if she's mad she didn't get a call for <laughs> for. Listen, uh, as it was right, as it was recently pointed out, the Spider-Man reboots have existed basically since it's it's they happened shortly after Avatar came out, and we've gotten through like two of those before Avatar Two comes out. Culture is very compressed now. Yeah, but no, I do not remember her showing up uh, at all. R.L. Stein plays himself. Don't really remember that, but sure. Christopher McDonald appears probably as totally a good guy. There's no way Christopher McDonald would play anyone but a great guy. Michael Showalter plays um, Drew's well, boss. He's one of the, he co-created the show. Yes, but, along with Sarah Violet Bliss and Charles Rogers. Right. Um, and of course it stars maybe Funke herself. 
Alia Shokat in, I guess, what is now her most famous adult role. Uh, her most famous adult role is that time she went to a Dodgers game with Brad Pitt, and then everyone was like, is Alia Shawkat dating Brad Pitt? <laughs> and then she was like, no, I'm just friends with Brad Pitt. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Not the, not the uh, episode of Broad City she was on that was about how she looks exactly like Alana Glazer and they hook up with each other. She's more attractive than Alana Glazer. She's got that incredible they're freckle both, face. They're both very yeah. similarly attractive. <laughs> I don't know, very, very attractive women. Uh, it's just she's got that incredible freckle face. I the most, Every time they did a close-up on her. big freckle head, then sure. And like her. And that's how the show opens, with a close-up. Yeah. yeah. Right, we can, we can talk more. I can, I can squirrel my martini and Stephen can talk about it. Oh, I was, was going to say like her attractiveness is also like does play into plot elements. Uh, yeah, Stephen, what did you have any relationship with Search Party before? I watched the whole first season. Um, why did I stop watching? Why do I do anything, guys? <laughs> because you have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. I was going to turn it into a poem, but um, literal Travis over here just just took away everybody's ability. I'm just to here to provide answers. Because I have ADHD, this recording might be shorter than other ones. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed... Uh, I really because enjoyed you have ADHD, pause, insert whatever thing that has inconvenienced yourself. Somebody else, you know. It's a way, yeah. Covers all I, the bases. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna make a smash hit, uh, parody cover of that because I got high song that everybody liked when we were like, you know, sixteen oh, yeah. or Afro man. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought, I think, it, I thought it was a sort of like, it was just a fun, fresh sort of do me take on what it's like to believe that you are going to do something that matters as a person without any particular skills. I think that's fun. I think that that, that tickles me in a very, in a very good spot. Although it can make me sad depending on how I feel in a particular day. Um, I have thought a lot recently about how, how like being nice and like, I just thought about how 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 being nice is not a part of everybody's life. Does that make sense? Like this show remind Can you expound on that? Well, this show like okay, there I don't remember everybody's names in this show, but like uh for instance, there's the four of them there's uh cool, I don't remember anybody's name. This is insane. Do you want me to name the four of them? Yeah, please, <laughs> please name the four of so Portia Dory, is one of them. Portia is the other girl, then Drew and uh-huh. Elliot, what's up? Just wanted you to know, while this conversation was happening, I was just seeing what Afro Man was up to these days, and I've fallen down a rabbit hole trying to assess why Afro Man has a home in Adams County, Ohio, that was raided by a sheriff's department two months ago. (laughs) I was like, well, Adams County? Why the fuck's Afro Man? Is he from Adams County? No. What are the most notable cities in Adams County? What's that one? Uh... Let's see. Um, West Union? <laughs> where, where geographically Rome? in Ohio it's is like, this? We're talking like three counties east of like Cincinnati area, but still on the, the Ohio River. Like, so he's like on the close to like West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're headed okay. to Huntington, West Virginia. But you're not close to, you're not quite to like Athens in that scene. No, 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 like I'm talking like, you know, like the very tip of Ohio at the bottom. Like you're, you're. 
You're just adjacent to that, basically. Mm. So I'm just like, why does Afro Man have a house in Adams County where a a, a, a county with a population of 27,000 people? Anyways, <laughs> Stephen, you were talking about not being good at anything and the emotional trauma of trying to find a place in this world. Yeah, something like that. Um, I don't remember what I was right in the middle of saying. Um, I'm so sorry that happened. Characters, I, I just named them for you. Oh yeah, Elliot. So like Elliot, I was talking. I was talking about how like so Elliot is 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 like a dick in in like a very specific way that everybody knows a person who's that way. Where like you know they are actively fairly fake all the time and then when they get mm-hmm. to their comfort person they're literally just talking shit about everybody all the time um and like how those people's lives aren't really all that different <laughs> i don't know i think i was interacting with some i interacted with somebody this weekend who said i'm not into being nice and i'm tired of pretending like i have to and i was like i and then you looked at them he looked at them and you're like, man, I can't wait to see what happens when you stop being nice and start being real. <laughs> every every main character on the show has like a specific like fatal flaw about them. Like they're all awful from the jump. I forgot how bad they are from the beginning and that it's it's not that they get bad. It's that they are presented many opportunities to grow beyond their flaws and just don't and get worse and double down on them, particularly Dory, who's just evil by uh about halfway through the show and then yeah elliot is his thing is also he's a compulsive liar like uh spoiler on his character also he didn't actually go to college with them he just told everyone that he went to nyu and i think like hung around <laughs> campus and spun up incredible this entire lie about, about his life john early's performance in this show john is Early's tremendous amazing. and the fits obviously which i believe are his own wardrobe but i'm not sure <laughs> about that he's <laughs> He was so funny. Every time he would say something, it wasn't quite like the Matt Berry of the like, why did you pick to announce this world word like that? But he gets some moments in those first in those episodes we watched where it's just like the face he'll make as he says a word. I mean, his reaction to boyfriend was very good right. throughout there. Just like, Ooh. Right. See, I just feel uh, he was so fucking no, funny. This this show also like um, Drew has extreme. Can, can I just say that Drew has extreme one of my friends energy and I think you guys might know which one his big critical flaw is his passivity about stuff um, and his refusal to uh, to take on any conflict head on uh, leads to things spiraling for him. Uh, he's also tremendous on the show. He uh, after a time skip at some point like with after their they get off in their court case he um, works at an amusement park and he strikes up a relationship with like a girl who plays like a Disney princess type there or whatever. And she's like in love with him and he's just basically spun lies about like what his life is like. And, uh, eventually, you know, he goes to, they go like looking for Dory when she's missing. And this girl brings his family along, surprises him and starts singing a song to propose to him in his face in that scene, which you should look for. I don't know if it's on YouTube or whatever, but his expression of pure horror is like one of the funniest moments of the whole series. Hell yeah. <laughs> I should probably just watch the show. Yeah. Watch yeah. the rest of the show. It's good. Yeah. You know, even though there's now no surprises for you, but you know, the jokes are consistently good. The performances are funny. It's solid stuff. It has weird. There's some weird things to it. Like, so the history of the show is interesting. As you said earlier, it starts on TBS it's sort of like 
I want to say TBS like put it online like before every before everyone had a streaming service. There was like weird ways to watch Church Party that TBS tried. And there was also like to this day, there are still things where they're like, ah, we're just going to put episode one up on YouTube. Yeah, they would do stuff like that. And then when it got canceled, they had filmed the third season already. I believe it was the third. And the third season was just in the can for like a couple years as the HBO as HBO Max started and like what they got the rights to like developed eventually they're like okay and HBO Max just put it up at some point but you can tell even though it aired in 2020 that it's from like 2018 mostly because their court case hinges on a Yanni or Laurel joke which is oh the most poorly incredible yeah <laughs> incredible that uh, they do that yeah and then the last couple of seasons are just HBO Max originals. It's it's an interesting yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of pause there where yeah, it is it was renewed for a third season and then it was announced it was moving to HBO Max, and then that happened after three years. Yeah. So that's so, how like, it they shook filmed out. it and they're like, it's gonna move to HBO or it was probably gonna move to HBO proper, I assume, and then they're like, Well, actually we're starting the streaming service and then No, I think it was, was I think it was they knew they were doing the streaming service because it's twenty seventeen is season two. Okay. Season three is twenty twenty. And that's like when HBO Max starts, right? Yeah, but like I wonder how or no, or, like, no, twenty twenty one is when it's going on, right? Twenty twenty. Um and I think they probably had like I assume HBO told them we're working on the streaming service. We'll put it on that. And it just took longer than maybe they thought because yeah, it is weird that the show was just off for like three years. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, it is, it is, it's very British of them. Yeah. And like, you know, Matt was saying when he was uh, trying to to talk about what he thinks that this show is, he was like probably one of those like annoying fan bases or whatever that demands to get brought back into service. I don't think that happened. Like it just, I remember it being very acclaimed. People liked it, but yeah, it didn't have, I remember it coming out and being like, that sounds kind of interesting. And then I, I think I started watching it during the pandemic. I think around when I don't remember if, if I was influenced by Jeff being like, people should watch church party or if I, we yeah. Did Shout that. out to Jeff, uh, uh, the premier evangelist show for the show yeah. that I know personally. I have one. I have one in Ireland who's been asking us to do this show for ages. Uh, sorry, Travis, you were continuing to say though about you watching it. I just wanted to give the Jeff. Shout oh, out. no, that was about it. Um, oh, okay. But I really in- I enjoyed it the whole way through. Although I not I don't like the last couple seasons as much as the the first few. I uh, I dug this. I dug the vibes again. I feel bad because I just don't watch television, even though I am actively watching three television shows. Everyone, please clap. Wow, great job! Four television shows. One of them's not. Even, three of them are it's airing one of them now. Gao. One of them Lauder. Is one of them Hot D? One, one is Hot D. One, one is Lauder. Hot. What was the first one you said? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck. Gow? Gow. Um, what are the other ones? <laughs> it's Andor, Hot D, and Andor? Rings of Power. Uh, and those go... What's Andor? Andor? Just, That's it's the, a Star Wars show. It's the good Star Wars show starring uh, premier sad boy Diego Luna and his, his beautiful droopy eyes. His beautiful droopy dog. Uh, it's a good show. They talk about theory. They talk about like basically like theory. At one point, one person says that it's easier for the empire to hide behind forty atrocities than it is one single incident. That they that's how they wear you down. And I was just like, yes, this is about systems of power, and uh, that shows good. Uh, Hot D is fun, and Lord of Rings, uh, you know, um, it exists and it has Moffath Clark. Search party. Let's talk about the pilot. Search party. Let's talk about the mysterious disappearance of mm. the girl no one knew. Mm. 
That's the name of the episode. Yeah, it's nice. I like that name. Yeah, it co- it starts off with Alia, aka it's not really aka. Her name is Dory. Dory walking down the street. She um, gets distracted by a missing person page on a telephone pole for what is her last name? Winterbottom. Chantal with I think it's Witherbottom. Witherbottom. How does she attract all the men? Yeah, and then a woman yells at her because she stepped in poop, establishing kind of just what this whole show is going to be, which is dramatic tension and the realities of life in New York City uh, popping. And then we get yeah popping those those moments of tension. And then we get that purity ring drop. You guys remember purity ring? I was really into them. uh, I was obsessed with this band for a good five you years. You were? <laughs> uh, you really were. Anyway, Purity Ring Drop, that you know, is the theme song for the whole show. It runs throughout the series. No, Purity Ring, uh, I love the Purity Ring is the concert where I, had, uh, I took too many mushrooms, had an ego death, completely lost consciousness, and came to in my girlfriend's bedroom. And I have, will never understand how I got there. Apparently, I walked. <laughs> Damn. I apparently I was at a show yesterday and I was just like, this was really sweaty and this detracted from the show because it's so hot in this room. And that's, I can't imagine the next level of, I don't remember anything that happened in the show because I had ego death. (laughs) (laughs) I walked from the, I walked from the Newport to, you know, that house that you go to. That's not that far, I feel it's like. It's not that but, far. No, look, okay. I understand. You said I'm it in a way that was supposed it. to be like, I walked 20 miles no, 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 with no. ego death and don't remember. Like, that was just the way it was set up. No, no, I, was like, I had to put the world back huh. together in her bedroom. I was literally like, what am I in her bedroom and had no memory from a couple purity ring songs. But I have I have one memory. I actually have one memory, and I, I actually would like to share this. Um, I There was a... There was a um, there was a water jug, and I took a cup off the top and filled it, and I did not realize until after an interaction that happened after this how hard it was for me. It took me a long time to figure out how to do it to fill this cup of water, and I had it, and I looked at a person who was behind me, and they gave me like the most reassuring thumbs up that I was gay. And in my and in my brain, I just remember being like, "Gosh, that person's being a little too reassuring for me, who just filled a cup of water." What's the? And then I was in my girlfriend's bedroom. Like that is like that's. <laughs> then, then you were experiencing. I think it's like episode six of the Watchmen HBO show where you're like, "I have to rebuild myself from my fractured memory of my grandfather." I was, I was asking her questions very legitimately, like, if I were to leave this room, there would be more rooms, right? And she's like, yes. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like, that is the level of putting the world back together that I had to do. Big search party experience based on my 43 minutes of watching this <laughs> yep. television show. <laughs> yep. Experiencing okay. ego death at a concert. So, so yeah, she, uh, she sees the- this flyer. Yeah, then we get the theme song. Then we get them at uh, some hip Brooklyn outdoor restaurant. We get them at a restaurant that we've all been to no matter where yeah. they are. We've all Every been there. Right. A and table over. Them. Someone's taking an Instagram photo and saying Sunday fun day with these pig dicks. Yeah. And like we get we instantly get like what we need to know about all these characters, I think, in this scene. Um, 
that starts with Dory being like, do you remember that girl Chantal? And they're like, yeah, she kind of sucked or whatever. You know, she just was like, Elliot has like whatever. I forget his reasoning, but it's like the blandest. Like she didn't offer she anything. There. She, she didn't, didn't offer anything. Yeah, she didn't offer yeah. anything. And then they're like, well, she's gone missing. And then Elliot starts tweeting like, oh, my God, heartbroken <laughs> about this kind of thing. Incredible performance. Yeah. I cannot stress enough. I just. Charlie, we're delightful throughout this effort. Like, again, 43 minutes of the show. That's all I got. What I was just Have you ever oh, seen he's... his uh, boy band dance? No. <laughs> you should look that up. That's just him doing it. Like, it'll just be him standing somewhere in complete silence doing like a, the dance routine that a boy band would do or whatever. <laughs> just like often just like in public. I don't know. It's better seen than described, obviously. I know there's one video of him in definitely wardrobe that he wears in search party and it's possible it was during filming, but he might just own it where he's wearing uh, a jacket that's just covered in the word. No, <laughs> like uh, I'm am, like am watching him do a perfect boy band dance in uh, yeah, in a park and he is wearing what appears to be or what appears to be like a pink velour matching set right down to the hat. <laughs> King shit. John Early, no jacket. Uh, oh my god, this fit is incredible. Travis, you undersold it. There are also pants that say no and shoes and hats. He's just head to toe. It says no, 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 no. Yeah, it is definitely the search party is being shot because uh, fucking um, John Reynolds is standing behind him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like he definitely wears that outfit on the show at some point. I remember iconic. Being like, what is that? Which I guess I said almost every time he was on screen because the fit, like we just can't do justice to the fits that he has on this show. You we really to... can't. <laughs> uh, I'm glad they let him Who go. Who is this guy? Closet. I'm surprised you're not like a John early knower just because uh, you're a comedy person. Yeah, it was, it was Jenna's son and 30 rock. It's just, this is just such a good bit. Like the boy <laughs> band dancing to no music. <laughs> Uh, where you can kind of hear the sound effects of like his feet hitting his sandals. He's like clapping. Yeah, and, like yeah, just... this is a really good bit. This is like a genius bit. Yeah, he's funny. David <laughs> uh, <laughs> is experiencing the American psycho business card bit or business card thing as he's watching this bit. Like it's perfect. This is such a good bit. I had a moment of absolute anger at somebody's like, not even like a bit, just a suggestion for me. I bought my Halloween costume and uh, I was then uh, chatting with Senator Meow and Senator Meow was like, uh, Ian, I got a Halloween idea for you. One of those Demi style puns. And I was like, okay, what? And he just goes, Paddington bear. You go as Paddington, but you're also the main character from the bear. And then I stood up and went, fuck. Because I was so mad that I had already bought a Halloween costume. I was like fully having just like this like, God damn it. What a, Paddington what a, the I don't bear. have a Paddington the bear. It's just a costume. Um, a, hey, you should go as Paddington the bear. Oh, I could go as Paddington the bear. Um, Ian, what are you going as? I'm going as Porco Rosso because last year I said that, that I would remember to go as Porco Rosso this year. That's very nice. And go. when I did when I did say that I bought the Porco Rosso costume, Senator Meow's response was, "You could just show up to anything dressed as Porco. No one would bat an eye. That's fair. Just middle of April, you just roll up with a pig nose, a mustache, and a fighter a fighter pilot costume. Everyone be like, yeah, Ian's here.' I was like, "Well, the brand is strong." Yeah. So right, we meet all of them. 
Uh, Portia is also a, a, an aspiring actress. So her Delightful. beef is that she that Chantal was jealous of her that she got cast in all the school and all the school plays feel so weird to say about like college theater, but like it's you know, at NYU plays. especially. <laughs> it's school plays. <laughs> this You're in the school play at Tish. To Good for you. Talk, talk to an NYU student about their school plays uh, challenge. This is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you know somebody went to Tish, it is your duty to do this. I loved your skit that you did, <laughs> and, and I don't remember what Drew has to say about her. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Drew's just mumbling. Uh, Drew uh, is in business school, and he works for like some horrific company or something. Or Michael Showalter's his boss, but you don't get to see that. Oh, uh, I love Michael Showalter. What's the next thing? I don't have like the plot. We can jump around. I mean, we get there. We had Dory and Drew's home life. Like, so they're a couple and they have the worst sex in the world. Okay. Uh, they, this was, they, I don't like, understand. Like, I feel like, I, I feel like what happened was a room of writers was like, what is the worst sex you could possibly imagine? And it's like, what's no, 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 no. It's worst no, no, no. sex you've had. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And someone, someone on a Tinder date had this. Someone yeah. explained what happened to them once, and they were like, like "Oh, that's going right in the show." I, I can't. Re- I like. I could come up with reasons why they would do. They would get to the point where he was about to come before he went inside her at all. But like, they're all very. They're all very not funny. Like all of the ones. They're normal. They're like, oh, you like just kind of have like stamina issues, you know, or like during foreplay, you got like too into it. He jerks himself to near completion, then <laughs> goes inside her for one second, comes and then it's like, are you okay? It's like my foot's cramping. It's like they're, uh, <laughs> it's like they're trying to conceive a child in like record. Yes, speed. Right. exactly. Like, no, th- this is like what I like, imagine. It's the like fucking I've got five House minutes. of the Dragon shit was like the couple of times yeah. they tried, right? Like that had to have been. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, I've got five minutes where I can only, uh, if I'm obligated to conceive a child with this person and neither of us are attracted to each other and we have to do this. What's funny is that Travis what doesn't do. watch House of the Dragon because what, what Steven happened? said was that but way more succinct and pop culturally relevant and yeah. then you just reworded it. And, and they're related on that, I assume, or whatever. Uh, no, distant cousins in this two. case, I believe. I mean, yeah, they're both yeah, from really Valeria. Fine. But. Right, but not like sisters or brothers or cousins. Well, actually, her that person's father is her mother's or father's cousin, some relation, because remember that was supposed uh, to be in line for the... Look, so, yeah. uh, look, sure. Anyway, he's gay. She... Spoilers. He's gay. They have to make a baby. Uh, they don't. Go. House of the Dragon. They don't. Sundays on HBO. They don't make a this baby. This episode today brought to you by House she of the Dragon. She makes a baby Anyways. with a different guy. Everybody knows it. And then people just and hit each other it. with rocks. Remember when Scrubs had that subplot with Elizabeth Banks where JD managed to get her pregnant because during Dirty Talk because yes. he was jerking off and some got in her? Yes. Anyway. That's also <laughs> that's also a plot point in like an episode of CSI that I watched one time. Where it was like where it was like, yeah, there's always a 0.01% chance that the semen could seep through the outside skin on a woman's stomach. So yeah, um, the worst sex I'd seen in a show in quite a minute, which was great then because then I watched the movie Thirst, which has some tremendous sex, and I was like, wow, what differences these More things like are. More like Thirst. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Thank anyway, you for, they have, you they have a pretty, uh, seems like a, a relationship babe, that's on the, on the rocks babe, right now. Babe, I need now. to eat yeah. now. Babe, babe, babe. <laughs> 
Babe, I need to eat now. And then he, again, he just plays a ukulele while she heats up a a burrito in the microwave and tells him he's going to do, she's going to do something. And then he's like singing, like, what is this thing you're talking about? Yeah, Yeah. so that's, that's insight into them. We get to see also like Portia's mom, like everyone has like at least a little bit of an explanation for why they are the way they are. Except Dory, really. Portia Uh, goes to see her mother. Uh, Everyone says congrats to her. And then they realize that they were thinking of her sister who's engaged um right that's what it is like a political or i thought it was just got like got a job as like a policy analyst for somebody i just i was just conflating it with the fact that i was when i was seeing the cast listing i guess then it mentions that connor ratliff connor dead eyes ratliff played the fiance of the the sister and yeah don't even remember really what her sister's like but uh well she's married she i I gets married to dead eyes himself connor ratliff connor ratliff being the guy who hosts the george lucas talk show as the character george lucas but also was the person who hosts a podcast called dead eyes which is exploring that time he got fired from band of brothers because reportedly tom hanks said he just had these dead eyes <laughs> oh man that's sad why is tom hanks say, have shout to do that out, someone shout out <laughs> our good friend yeah and eventually we get them so they're at a rooftop party another classic brooklyn millennial thing to do and We've got her ex-boyfriend uh, shows yeah, up. Dory's ex-boyfriend shows up. She talks to him. Uh, someone comes up to Portia and is like, I'm so sorry about your friend. And she's has this look of like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like Chantal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I tweeted about that, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I was cloud chasing. Uh, yeah. So, so thankful. Like your support means a lot to me. Like these kind of just horrible conversations we get. And we had Elliot running into his quote-unquote boyfriend yeah uh who has i think the line of the series um uh, i don't know if when he when he says it. i swallowed your cum that means something it's i swallow your cum i take your mom to lunch every sunday to me that means boyfriend i, I i'm on that i'm on that guy's side to be honest with you he, i am also on that guy's side but um i swallowed your cum that means something is a line from uh vanilla sky uh well where my vanilla sky heads in the chat yeah all the Howard heads. That's Howard, right? Or is it Zemeckis? Is it what? Zemeckis or Howard? It's neither. What am I thinking of? Who does Vanilla Sky? <laughs> oh, I hated that. Uh, it's Cameron Crow. Oh, okay. Same diff. Um, no! <laughs> same kind of guy as far as late career stuff goes. Sure. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Whatever you say, Travis. Yeah. Time limit. Can't no, remind no. myself. Can't argue with Travis. The limits. mind behind Aloha. Uh, I guess then we get like we get like the actual search party looking for Chantal, like her well, family. I would say, I mean, so that's that's intercut throughout. They do that a few times. Yeah. Like I think the show actually opens. It opens with I that. You're right. It opens with that before we get the actual like plot stuff of just yes. them. You know, I think of the Gone Girl scene. And but this one of the times they're like peeing. I don't know. That's. I mean, that's at the very end. That's where they find. The oh, flaps. there's the neighbors that are fighting. At Dorian Drew's apartment complex. Yeah, and he's like, oh, if Which we hear to- glass shatter or something, I'll go do something about it. And then, obviously, immediately glass shatters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he attempts to, at a different time when the, the male of that couple is out, uh, he knocks on the door and he's like, hey, like, sounds like the guy you're with sucks. Like, we've got, like, a, like if you ever need help, like, let us know. We've got a couch you can stay on. And she just tears into him and is like, do you have a tiny dick? Do you have a little dick? Like just screaming. Uh, and he has like, it slams the door on him and he just goes, 
whoa, <laughs> which is like, I think his best moment on this. It's so good. The, his reaction faces are pretty great. I had seen John Reynolds. What did I see John Reynolds in? Stranger Things, where he's the other cop. Oh, he is? Yeah. I honestly uh, did not remember that. I guess uh, that's where I saw him. Oh, I saw him in the Four Weddings and a Funeral television show I watched when I had, I think, the flu. I had some. I was sick. I can't remember what si- what it was, and it, uh, I watched all ten episodes of it, and I was like, "That's not good." But I watched it all. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was uh, the Kill All Comedy Collective with Connor O'Malley and Gary Richardson. Him and Connor O'Malley talking are very different energies to me. I mean, Connor O'Malley is the other lead writer on Joe Parra Talks With You and a major character, and I wonder often about like what their own dialogue with each other is like. Still, I'm sure in day-to-day life, Connor O'Malley is probably pretty chill. Nope, nope, that man is the Joker. (laughs) John Reynolds then gets to be Killer Croc because he's tall. Sure. Uh, Yeah, what else happens? So at the party, I I think we kind of glossed over this, but the ex-boyfriend shows up. Because mm-hmm. that that's that that was you know that leads to the the actual best scene. Oh yeah, it's it's episode. definitely the highlight in in like almost the thesis statement of the pilot. But yeah, so he he shows up and I I do they mention it how long they've not been no. together? Because they're no, still but... like sort of like oh he's here and then it's like you live with this other guy. Yeah, and like her and Drew, like they all went to college together. So I would imagine yeah. that she'd dated him you know let's say like sophomore year and maybe into junior year and then got with drew and can you further build out this rich fiction for me by the way if i had to just like guess based on you know no i know but i wanted you to i wanted i wanted you to go further on it you know it was christmas they broke up for a while and they got back together you know that kind of thing made out with someone at a party it was a whole kerfuffle he shows yeah he shows up in the party wearing the classic uh uh mid 2010s Actually, this is probably more early 2010s. He's got the denim shirt with the hat on. Uh, you know, the, the wide-brimmed hat coming in, just like, oh, boy. Yeah. Brooklyn, baby. Yeah. Um, and he's like a journalist for like a blog or something like that, I believe is his. Like, sure. Like a, like a block club type, like a type thing, a Gothamist type website, maybe, if I recall correctly. He works at the Thrillist. Something like that. Uh, eventually, he works on a political campaign for Jay Smith, Cameron's character, and then she sexually harasses him. Uh, and he's eventually written off the show. Um, Damn. You know why he was written off the show? Because he had other stuff to film. Yeah, he had to go be... Camera. You know, no, it's, it's because um, he got a mysterious Facebook request one day, and it was from God. God Is he the God-friended me guy? <laughs> yeah, he's the God-friended me guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> friended me. Um God friended me. Yeah, he goes to his apartment. For like forty-two what? episodes, so it's eligible. Oh yeah, we've just done so much CBS recently, though. I know, but yeah, I mean, he, plays my, he plays he plays Miles Finer, an outspoken atheist and podcaster. Miles Tails Finer. Yeah, she goes to his apartment and is like, "What did you like about me when we dated?" Well, the, well, and first, comes, first she goes to that whim, empowering women thing that she didn't actually want to do and gets rejected from it. Right. And takes that harsh and it has the fight uh, with um, yeah, where he Drew tells him to shut the fuck up, up at like, like a Skylar White six level. different times. Yeah. And then, and then out and somebody was I don't want to get ice cream. I, don't, I, I, don't, I want you to walk 10 feet behind me. Just, yeah, the shut the fuck up. 
so good. And then goes straight to her ex-boyfriend, knocks on the door, and he's like, ah, now is a bad time. And then she's like, what, when we were dating, what did you like about me? And then he's like, okay, come inside. I'll tell this child that I am <laughs> Doing tutoring. Doing like SAT prep tutor. <laughs> One of the most comically good dude things I've ever seen a show have a character be doing. It's just like, oh, is someone over? Yeah, a, a child I'm helping get into college. This this awkward teen with braces. We're going to talk through your problem. And when he directly says, you're doing this because your life is f- without meaning and you think that by doing this, you'll have something to hold on to. She's like, I forgot how mean you are and leaves. To be fair. And I was hooting and hollering. This to be is fair, such Walter it's White a mean stuff. thing to say. It is a mean thing to say. It's hard to take that well. Yeah. Sure. Not many she ways. asked for his honest assessment of the situation. <laughs> she, he, I don't he think so. Right he does so. say much about what no, he actually you know I'm 100% about on though. your side, Ian, but it is. Well, I think it's like pivoted towards like her talking about all this. And he's like, he is like, he has seen the future. He is trying to head off the apocalypse. That's true. His actions, had she listened, would have averted the end of the world. Fair enough. Which is a ridiculous thing I have to remind myself of now. That had she heeded his words, had she reconsidered her deeds, the world wouldn't have ended. Well, I mean... I guess it doesn't end, it just collapses. Yeah, most of... Society as we know it collapses. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we need a new one. At what cost, Travis? Uh, I mean, they kind of have a pretty good setup at the end, it seems like, with the alarm scanners and the... (laughs) Travis heard there are 13... It seems better than their pandemic response, frankly. I don't know. Travis hears there are 13,000 people left in New York, and it's like, it seems like a fine society. Finally, it's not just overbearing probably There's probably lower death rates in non-Manhattan places, you know? That's true. Well, they were in Brooklyn. I know. Okay, I corrected myself. It managed to spread um, to LA, though. I do have a lot of, uh, you know, this is all skipping ahead, but I do wonder, like, how it got off the island to the point that it got to the West Coast. What? Because it's going, f- like, it's kind of like a 28 Days Later thing to me, where it's like, this is going too fast for it to spread to the degree that that it would take over the country, because, like, it would all get stopped short at somewhere. The history of all of that fiction, to me, is like, somebody always gets through. Yeah, I guess. Because, like, isn't 28 weeks later, like, the world has been ruined, not just I England? haven't seen 28 weeks, but days implies that it's just it's just Great Britain. Because, maybe it's, maybe like, it's the way that the virus functions. It's like, well, nothing would be able to, like, fly a plane to, like, nothing would make it to, like, the next place. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you could get through the bridges and the tunnels and things like that. You yeah, know, maybe, maybe they'd have it contained. But, you know, as know. we see, at least at least all land connections to the United States of America would just be yeah, yeah, yeah. boned. Yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, but yes, that would have run to the end of society. Uh, Had she heeded him. And instead, instead, she walks home and she sees uh, Chantel reading in a Chinese restaurant. And a, a, a guy comes in in a suit with like an envelope full of maybe money, I guess. And she's just like chases after her. Uh, grabs the book and finds that Chantel has like jumped out the bathroom window. Yeah. And you're like, Oh God, what mystery. Uh, and then that is, um, that's intercut with them finding her blouse, her bloody blouse in the forest. Yes. Uh, during the search party part. Cause she went missing during her, I was like, I feel like her sister's like, in, or like there was something with her sister. Yeah. Uh, she was after her Maybe. sister's engagement party. I'm trying to remember exactly what happens like past you know in the rest of the first season like the reveal it's like Chantal was like sleeping with like an older man 
and ran away. And I think the bloody blouse is like literally like she like cut herself on something in the woods where she was like meeting this yeah. guy or whatever. And like, yeah, that kind of the Stephen incredible ones you can remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's all it's all just very like, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, just the, very like mundane. The best, the, the best gag on the whole show to me is that like how much Chantal sucks. <laughs> She's just <laughs> unbearable and stupid and annoying uh, when she actually is like revealed as character. I mean, we do get some good bits of her in this in this finale, too. Yeah, that's it's so good. It's yeah. so it's, stupid. It's really good. I think I'll try to watch it again, uh, ironically, because I don't really think knowing that it ends in the apocalypse is going to ruin the ride at all. Yeah, the ride. Yeah, because it's not a show where it's like, well, the ride was always going to this. They were just like, what's a fucking like bug nuts way we can do to end this yeah, right. show? I, and I was going to say, I bet it's more fun than also in some po- spots where you just have moments like what I just said, where I'm just like, had she listened to this guy, <laughs> the world wouldn't have ended. And I do like. I like that is the conceit for a television show. Actually, now that I think about it in this moment of like, you're telling the story of somebody whose actions will destroy the world, but you don't actually realize that's what's going to happen. It would be kind of funny for like every anti-hero drama to like end with a world shattering stakes. That doesn't seem like it. Like if Tony Soprano caused the apocalypse, <laughs> that was the end. Yeah. But no, like there's almost like uh, this is more in like a fucking like, Doctor Strange love tradition of like you're like oh these fun hijinks wait they what is what's happening like if if more comedy like weird dark comedies had the last season be a strange love esque oh my god we are on the brink of war now or oh we have we have created zombies I, I think that's a fun thing to do uh. they should have had a uh, like Mr Bean end that way well you know Mr Bean's an alien so that potential mm-hmm. is still there. So can I talk about what a relief it was to, I, I know that I said this, but I don't think it got recorded. Watch a show that was like, we're going to end end on our terms, doing a thing that we think is fun and cool and original and neat in the fifth season, as opposed to like some like 12th season, what the fuck is this show even anymore? <laughs> like yeah. like the, the, the gap between like charmed and this, I guess like... Maybe that's not the best. Termed is like we had to find a way to end this dramatically, and search party was like, "What would be funny?" Well, it's not you just what would be, would be funny, but like <laughs> it, it just feels like it just it just feels like search party. I really, I do, I really like the theme of like the theme that comes in this whole show, and also the finale, which is like this attitude and like the day to day the day-to-day like fakeness and weird interactions that you have are going to exist no matter how serious the other shit that you have going on is like i think that's kind of because the show is about the interactions like like the one elliot has in the underground bunker with that one woman exactly yep Exactly. It's like, it doesn't fucking matter. You're going to have this stupid interaction with this woman in the underground bunker <laughs> where she's, where she's like, Elliot, Hey, it's Oh so my God. He's like, coffee. do you still work what at did, that place? What did he yeah, mumble though? Get coffee. Uh, it was hard. To I smell. couldn't honestly figure out what the, one of the words was in there. I was struggling with that part. The way like the mix was the way he said it. it I was couldn't tell dismissive, if, but I could not tell what he said. Yeah. I could tell he, it was oh, dismissive. at the end where he's like that. She's crazy. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. Whatever he that. said, I couldn't figure out what the word was. Yeah, I felt like I was losing like, my minds. My mind. I have money. Um, uh, you do have money. I that too. Uh, no, I don't. I'm so broke. <laughs> Please give me money. Uh, search party. Search party. So yeah, um, I uh, 
I gave every I gave you all the rundown at the beginning, but again to catch you up uh, by season five of Search Party, uh, or by the end of season. This really only the zombie thing. I think it starts like the second to last episode is like okay. I was gonna There's say no how quick that that's going to occur. How quick? That's the best because you either want it's like so good. Seated throughout for a little while, or just suddenly like boom, there's zombies. You're like, what the yeah. fuck? No, the the course of the season is yeah. Dory, she had a near death experience at the end of season four. She thinks that she like saw the afterlife or whatever, and achieved enlightenment. She teams up with Jeff Goldblum, who's playing like a tech CEO guy who's crazy and who why um, wouldn't he be? His like for the first time the gang meets them. Uh, he tells them he has a thing that can take them to the center of the earth that they go inside and they all start like freaking out uh, as it does it. But actually it was just like a simulation and he like whatever, like turn up the temperature. Like there's like v- the background was That's like showing fun. them like going to the core and like they're all losing their minds. Uh, Jeff Goldblum standing there in front of all of them just being like, listen, we're going to be launched a thousand miles in two seconds until gravity inverts itself and spits us out into the free fall. And they're all like, yeah, man. That's a line from Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> a, movie, a movie that I believe made everyone I know believe in the hollow earth theory. <laughs> so there's a... Uh, this show obviously goes from um, a, a, a regular... I mean, regular is a, a strong word, but a comedy. Fairly fairly One that's grounded comedy. in some sort of realism. Yeah. Uh, to a zombie apocalypse um, without without much warning i this led me and my housemate uh oh former guest dan Mm -hmm. um to uh talking about the idea that you do like three three seasons of like a of like a demon slash vampire slaying show and then like the end of the third season you defeat the big bad and there are no more vampires left but then you just keep watching them you just get like it just kind of changes genres a little and it has the same sort of like dialogue but you just watch it May I introduce you into the Buffy the Vampire Slayer season nine comic book series, which included at one point a demon showing up to Buffy saying, it's time to pay your student loans. Yeah, I kind of figured Buffy did something like this. I just like the idea. I just it's like good. the idea of an actual t- what? I know. I mean, this idea, it's, it's also the same thing we kind of talked about where we were like, you know what they should do after Thrones? When we, this was in the last season, we're like, they should come back for one more season of Thrones, and it's mostly about all of these people having to continue to live their lives with the horrific trauma that they've all suffered and forced upon other people, but it's just like, nothing bad is happening. They're all just like, fuck, how do you live in this world? <laughs> and making it a situational comedy is a more fun way to do that. Yeah, honestly, uh, Westeros-located sitcom... Could be fun. HBO Max. Maybe like the sixth Walking Dead spinoff can be that. We're going to have to do that show soon, aren't we? Uh, the thing that's really anything. putting me off from like being like we gotta do that as soon as it ends is it's going to be like two two hour things probably or two hour and a half things. If it's going to be because so the pilot long. is. And I, I'm still, sure I still want to do it. Will be. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm well, down we, to we do will it. be I'm obligated just... to do it. It is like the most popular cable series of all time or something <laughs> or pre- a basic cable like. Uh, and I just anyway, like the pilot. Search party. Do you have the you have the plot up? Yeah. Uh, there's no actual like. There's very real, little plot to this. I've, yeah. As, there's as, no real like yeah. long breakdown, but luckily like very they, little happens. In yeah, there. I'm trying to explain some of the more like how we got here, which is like they. No, 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 no. That's people, not the spirit of this. Right, I want right, to talk right. about. I though I do want to have I. 
I want to talk about one part of this. And, I mean, you know, again, we always like to jump around. This is a thing that I feel like could easily be criticized by nitpicking folks. And instead, I thought it was one of the funniest things that happens in the show, which is when a zombie gets hit by a car. And then everyone that gets out of the car are also zombies. Yes, <laughs> and they because they're they after cops them for no reason. driving cars <laughs> now. And I just, yeah, I just loved the idea of a car of zombies. <laughs> yes, and those zombies are all the zom- the uh, former um, social media influencers that they had recruited to help expand their cult. I recognized one of them as the lesbian that posts TikToks that get reposted to my Twitter feed. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know how to search for her. I don't, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> Googling, who's that lesbian? lesbian? Oh, you know what? Actually, a way better way to do it would be to search the end of the last episode of Search Party on IMDb rather than like, like yes, her. lesbian TikToker? The only one. Uh, yeah, there is there is an automatic, uh, a self-driving cop car full of zombies. Very oh, it's a guy. self-driving car. Yes. I didn't process that part. Like, it said the thing about you have hit. Yeah. It's like we I have really crashed. just was like, oh, they're driving the car. Zombies driving the car was funny to me. That was amazing. <laughs> and that was being self-driving also bit. works, but I just was imagining zombies <laughs> driving a car. Yeah. Which is a good. I also imagined zombies driving the car. It was such yeah. a good bit. I like, I like, there was a lot of good bits here. They were just like, oh, what would we write in a zombie apocalypse? Like that was one of them. One of them was like, you would, they haven't died yet, but the, their partner's already cheating on them because they assume they died because there's a zombie apocalypse. Yes. Um, and then they get attacked by a zombie version of the creepy child that they had adopted, uh, who also, which is another <laughs> weird, like a lot of season five, like when I was like, what are they doing with this show? It was like, why did they introduce this weird horror subplot about this child that Elliot and Mark adopted? Uh, <laughs> And it's like, nope, it got weirder than that. Okay. Okay, I do want to talk about that child because that was really fucking funny to me. Um, Grace Kuhlenschmidt is the person. A fake name. That is, that's, she is the, the New York-based stand-up comedian and writer uh, who is the, the, the lesbian TikTok person, which is moderately reductive, but she has, uh, you know, it says 14.6 million likes on TikTok, so I feel like that's you know, I feel like I've heard the name. Yeah, it, you if you saw you, if you look at them, if you search this person, I don't know which video it'll be, but you'll be like, oh, I've seen this person's shit posts and like silly little videos get like retweeted into my feed. Maybe I've seen them because I follow Phoebe Bridgers, and I, th- I think she knows her. I think she was in one of the music videos. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what else was even going on here? Like this begins so, with mid. Like if there's yeah. a previously on, I don't know if you watched the previously on or not. I, I couldn't skip it because thing. if I try to skip the previously on an HBO max, HBO, HBO max, max is the comes worst to my house time, and so yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> they fixed most of, the, most of the things, but for some reason, if I try to skip the previously on HBO max, then starts playing with no sound, which I think I've invoked previously because when I watched the first episode of house of the dragon, uh, there was no sound in the opening, and I was like, "Wow, what a bold, yeah. stylistic yeah, choice." Yeah, that's a bold choice. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh no, the audio just glitched." Uh, but um, yeah, so I saw them. Fl- that's where I saw them fleeing in like the go kart. Yeah, <laughs> I just was delighted by the idea of John Early driving a go kart away from zombies. <laughs> it's just good. Yeah, they had created. So they had created an enlightenment pill, and uh, but the it's jelly beans. They and also they had jelly beans as placebo, and Elliot switched them at some point. So like Dory and Drew were going to be the first ones to try it. And they actually tried the placebo, but thought that they'd become enlightened, which is why they're acting the way they are. And they gave the real ones to like these people that they have at like 
at some point they're like crashing at like some hippie farm or whatever like some yeah. hippie couple's house uh and then uh, based on all stories that steven has told us that's totally normal people turn into zombies there all the time and it's like really pretty grotesque like they're sort of like they're not really undead but they're they're sort of like in between a classic zombie and like a 28 days later like rage virus thing going on because everyone when they turn they vomit and then immediately like get really bloody and twist their limbs around and shit Uh, they have they have the ability to speak at least for a little while when they turn into zombies well yeah yeah, there's like the the, there well so it seems like what's happening at least in the case of the boyfriend who has has, he ate like seven or eight of them which was also the you might become like some type of super zombie he says while crying is very good but yeah so like his arm is breaking and it seems like in that moment like all doubt and projection like whatever you're you're just your base you know, uh, is is pushed to the front, so it's that's where he's just like, "You never included me." <laughs> and, um, oh yeah, yeah. John Reynolds going me. like, "No, it's normal to not include your friends' partners," which was really funny. <laughs> also, <laughs> thing to say as he's panic stricken. <laughs> like, I really thought this show was fun. That part was killing me. That's what I'm talking about. Is like, no matter the stakes, they're just dealing with their own personal bullshit. Like, yeah. like weird relationships with their friends' partners, or like that girl that you see every week and you don't really want to, or like you know that. Like the the bottom line is the show is about living in a community of people who are all uncomfortable with their own lives and just trying to fake it. And like, no matter what happens around them, that remains true. Yeah, the line of the episode to me is when. Um they're escaping the National Guard. People stop Portia because she has a little <laughs> scrape in her arm. And they're like, oh, she's yeah. been bitten. They're like, look in her eyes. Oh, yep, she's brain dead. She's a brain dead moron. She's brain and dead. she's like, I'm not brain dead. I'm just leggy. <laughs> I, I was That was the hardest I did, did laugh at this show. What word did she say? Leggy? She just looks like a dumb blonde. The way that, so the, the, way that the, the, the way that the military guy's line reading is, yep, totally brain dead. <laughs> she's <laughs> a brain dead moron. <laughs> but yeah, she's a brain dead moron as he's just waving the flashlight. Look at it. There's no life behind these eyes. And I was like, this is so absurd. It's that was like I, I know that uh, I think at this point, you know, I mean he, he's a creator and all that, but it it's it makes sense that like the people who wrote this would be like, Yeah, we should Michael Showalter help us with this. There is a certain wet hot American summerness to yeah. me. Yeah, she's totally a yeah. brain dead moron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then they, she gets pulled away. Then so that, yeah, um, there's a there's a dude eating somebody's like leg. We yeah. get a, a try, like other scenes of chaos. There's like the people at the restaurant that are just talking. Well, no, no, no. Because no, before we get the four of them talking, yeah, and explaining what's happened, and I really liked when he shouts about uh, uh, when John O'Reilly shouts about that his narcissism my saved their lives. Saved us. Yeah, <laughs> my egomania saved us. I like that. That's a thing that happens multiple times in this episode. Is people. Um, blaming themselves to the end of the world but also taking credit for the end yes. of the world yes uh i mean we're, we're we're jumping all over the place but like that's fine i'm just thinking of different chaos scenes there's the restaurant sequence where there's just a random pair of people having a conversation someone <laughs> gets shoved against the window eat in front of them and they're like oh, this city's changing the the <laughs> i you're you're raising chickens in the city yeah i have yeah. a coop under my bed and i was like what <laughs> 
I wake up every morning to fresh eggs. And yeah, and then just, oh, it's a theater troupe. Don't make eyes with them. As somebody is it just is a shame eaten. that's not on this episode because I feel like this is actually the most New York show that we've done. And yeah. it's the one he might find the most relatable. Guy comes Felicity. in and just... Yeah. Guy comes in and yells, it's showtime! And then yeah. zombies start eating everyone. They're like, oh. If they had God. done zombie showtime on the train, that would be a great bit. I would love that. So anyway, yeah, I, would just, I just, I feel like we should just launch off from, from the scene we talked about where Portia gets carried off. True. Um, and uh, and so then Dory is like, we can't leave anybody behind. Runs whoa, off. Whoa, whoa. We are skipping the scene with the podcast's well, this is the uh, same scene as, as Griffin Newman. He's just well, he, he, he appears right before that. Yeah, Griffin, our our podcast friend that you didn't recognize, parasocial. Our podcast yeah. parasocial friend. How did you? Uh, yeah, how, I mean, what, as I said, one of the ulterior motives for picking this was so that Griffin Newman could potentially become an as you know all star. But I just really like him screaming, "Men first! <laughs> it should be men first! Like an anti Titanic MRA guy. It's a good yeah. bit." <laughs> just orderly line men first and then being like oh god it's him don't look at him and <laughs> because uh fucking um uh uh what's the the guy's name john uh reynolds yeah john reynolds yeah. uh is so tall <laughs> he immediately sees him and just starts shouting at him i just liked that and they're like no no just keep waiting yeah he's just like you know it's just drew drew and then he's like no don't look don't look i'm just oh hey and walks right through the security the chaos as they run toward like the barricades and stuff also has like that guy who's like there's a way out it's the bridge you know it's one of it's the one of the bridge you can take in the city like that could be any gets, bridge. he just gets tackled <laughs> yeah. oh i know which one it is and then gets hit also when he's just like honestly it's kind of exciting <laughs> yeah like, the running through the city is i mean it was fun um yeah, the, the one zombie, you know, jumping over and them all freaking out at it. And then, yeah, they, well, the, oh, before they even do the Porsche thing, that's when they go back to the apartment. When they go to Elliot's apartment and get attacked by the small child? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where they go back and they see the part, the boyfriend, and he's like, and he's like, what yeah, are you we've doing? we already he's talked like, about yeah, it all. The grieving, okay, well, I was going to say, I liked the, just the grieving process joke. And then the guy, as he's leaving, being like, three Listen, hours. they all die again, call me. <laughs> But what's yeah. the deal with this child also? So Elliot and Mark adopted a creepy child at some point in the fifth season from an agency that had, I can't remember. Oh, John Waters is like the guy who works at the adoption agency who like makes like chooses this child for them. John uh, Waters? Perfect person to appear on this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, they, they have a creepy little boy named like Aspen and he he like kills a babysitter at some point. He's like, I don't know. Like, there's just like this whole thing. That's like, we adopted a terrifying child. Like, don't know okay. what to do about it. That's that, just like, that changes, that changes the complexion. And I guess then he's obsessed with drew. Yes. In some capacity. For some reason. I don't know. Uh, but no, cause now. it was just the part when they're like, where's Aspen? I was like, who is Aspen? I was thinking like somebody who worked in the house or something like that. And then a zombie child appeared and I was like, holy shit, they put a zombie child in the show. And then they all acted like the zombie child was the worst. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I was fully like, oh my God, wait, what? Like that was the thing. We're not knowing any of this. I was so surprised suddenly. Cause like zombie childs are kind of the thing where they're like, let's not always do this. We don't want to see the characters kill a child. That's to show you just how grim it is. But no, yeah, here's and instead funny, it was really And the zany. kid was already creepy. And they yeah, live in this, they live in this extremely swank apartment because Elliot uh, 
made a bunch of money working as a uh, gay conservative commentator on a like fake Fox News. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, and that's and then yeah, the boyfriend takes all and from here is where you get the boyfriend taking seven or eight of the jelly beans and everyone being like, Oh god, you're turning into a zombie and he's thinking that they're mad at him for eating the jelly beans. Yeah, it's like it wasn't even a five second rule. God, I'm sorry I ate the jelly beans. I eat when I'm hungry. <laughs> also, also another yeah, good thing is everyone being too afraid of what just happened in that moment. How do you think you would do if um you were told that you were about to turn into a zombie? Not great. I, I mean, but the but the but the but the thing is, right? Like, there's two choices: freak out until you turn into a zombie, or try to kill yourself. And I feel like I am one of the 99 percent of people who would not have the wherewithal to try to kill themselves. And if I would did, definitely be like, leave now before I turn. Yeah. Right for <coughs> sure, for sure. Yeah. Not. But like, I'm like locking did, myself like, into something. I'm like taking like dynamite and like jumping off somewhere to take some of them out with me in my last act, which is, I'm glad to hear that though from you, Steven, because I feel like the last time we played, uh, who goes there, you were voted most likely to conceal. You had been bit by a zombie. I don't think I've ever played that game. Who goes there? Yeah. You won that game. I don't think I played it. Okay. Well, (laughs) I trust Ian's memory more than yours here. Sorry. (laughs) You know, the probably one of the greatest I wasn't there at the time he won it, but you won it. You were a part of the team that won that game. Yeah, Steven would forget that he was bit by a zombie. Or just keep forgetting that, was the cr- that was the crux of most likely to conceal they had been bit by a zombie. Is Steven looking at his arm being like, what fucking happened here? Conceal, conceal is not the same as forget. Yeah. Okay, feel like well. That was I the feel spirit like been, of how we were. I feel like I've been accused by other, by partners from time to time of lying when <laughs> the truth secrets. is. Yeah, keeping secrets. It's like no, that's not it. I don't think that's the same thing. Uh, okay, and then all the other things that we talked about happen, and then <laughs> when they go back for Portia, they get cornered by zombies, and then uh, Chantal shows up with a flamethrower and huge muscles and now, and a mask yeah. or whatever, and saves them and takes them to an underground bunker. You know who she looks like to me? One of the greatest oh. fictional characters of all time. Sarah Tremendous Connor? superhero. No, uh, no, superhero. She's got the mask, got the fit. Reminds me oh, of a character. Before she takes it off? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of a character that I know that you both adore. Because when I explained it to you both, you both cried, laughed so hard you nearly cried. Um, it's oh, not Glob oh, Herman. Okay. Nope. So. Uh, dog Welder. It is Dog Welder. <laughs> For a second, <laughs> I was reminded of the character Dog Welder. Something buried deep in the recesses of my brain. Google imaging Dog Welder. Uh, wait, Travis, have I not explained Dog Welder You've explained you? Dog Welder to me about okay. what it looks like. It's just Dog Welder has the just welding just mask. It's just that it was something with a welding mask and a flamethrower. The first time I was reminded. Going, Dog Welder. Ah, <laughs> I was reminded of the Section 8 superhero dog welder, the hero with the amazing ability to weld dogs to people. Um, <laughs> yep. So then they go to the basement, uh, and uh, and Chantal and uh, the person whose name I cannot fucking remember, who is the lead in the show. Dory. Um, D- Dory. Um, have an argument over which one of them is responsible for the apocalypse. Um, so good. Uh, which is so very good. good. Yeah, very, I can't remember exactly good. why Chantal would think that she is, but well, Chantal talks about how stupid. she's 
her mentor led her to pick that spot because a lot of time travel will be happening in the coming years. You won't telefrag into a wall if you time travel yes. to that location because the walls have been there Which, for a really long time. That's they extremely good. It's all good. These 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 jokes are good. <laughs> the other thing too is I have no idea how much of the previous season as I'm watching this could have done time travel. I was me. I picked the show Not partially because I knew the ending and was thinking of Felicity in the so magic is real. Yeah. <laughs> like we watched the first one. We're like, Ellie, oh, what a situational comedy. Like a dark thing about like true crime sort of thing and we watch the finale and it's just like zombies are here Elliot says I'd believe anything so I, I feel like this is the first mention of time travel um, yeah I believe that's but, correct like, they, they sit down and they're just like chilling and then he starts complaining that somebody else has like fruit leather is yes. that what he complains yeah it's like uh and then he gets into that conversation with that girl who's like it's kind of nice down here don't you think <laughs> he's like oh do you still work at the coffee house or whatever oh that that conversation was really the, but who knows what will happen after yeah who knows Ooh. it's funny too to think of like obviously this was also written during the pandemic too and like yeah it is like a very funny exaggeration of like that time to me like that is a kind of conversation you yeah. would have running into someone that you Who see in a distance in a park or whatever or like i don't know for whatever reason you're watching uh, a a cartoon on netflix and then you tweet about it and then somebody who you haven't spoken to for five years decides that they want to watch the last four episodes with you and then you just like randomly catch up for the first and last time with a human being and just go shrug where are you living now i don't know dc what else happens in once they're in the bunker? Like I'm trying, I'm struggling to remember what happens between that and the time. They skip. get the food and then it just it does time skip from there. Like they just yeah. wait it out and then we get to yeah no because they yeah, get okay. they get the food. They talk about like you know they they just kind of chat and then suddenly she's singing tomorrow. Okay, yes. So we get Portia in an empty music hall, Broadway sings, theater. Yeah, empty Broadway theater singing tomorrow for Dorian Drew's wedding. Um, Drew I'm, dressed exactly the same as me when I went to my friend's wedding October of last year. <laughs> I wore basically this exact outfit and stood next to Travis. There are photos like truly remarkable. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and Dory's wearing an extremely floral dress and Elliot looks like a, a merchant uh, in a JRPG. <laughs> Um, I watched I watched the Love Witch last night, and I didn't think that I would see better fits. And then I watched two episodes <laughs> of uh, of Search Party, and I was like, "Damn, his fits beat the Love Witch." I would love to see uh, John Early uh, on an NBA team because I do feel like a lot of these fits are perfect uh, locker room entrance shot. Like Russell Westbrook, take note. I was I was <laughs> talking. I want to see a bit where John Early does all of John Hurley's roles. Anyway. In. Wow! <laughs> what about John O'Hurley? Or is that what you That's mean? what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Jay Peterman. Uh, uh, no, I, I was just John Hurley as a person. I definitely meant John O'Hurley. Um, I, I just I was just you say, I was Jorge talking, Garcia. I was talking with our mutual friend who works for the Players Association and was talking about uh, they want to make some new merch uh, for the Players Association, including like forest green cardigans and like as I was providing feedback on this they were like oh if this happens well i'm making sure you get one i was like i can't wait to start hosting like games for people like just come over and watch the nba game but making them do the locker like the walk-in like just having friends show up carrying like four pairs of shoes for no reason other than to be like i got these i'm coming to the game 
covering myself in mirrors like Kyle Kuzma that one time. Yeah, and then everyone then has to change into wearing actual basketball uniforms <laughs> to watch the game. Good, bit or not. Uh, we'll see. We can workshop it. Thanks. Um, that's what I go for. That's what. Yeah. That's what. That's, yeah. So Dorian Drugang married. Uh, they got married. Indian. Yeah, got married. And we don't even see the wedding. Yeah, we. So see that doesn't make the bingo no, board. Just you just see you just see Portia. I don't know. It might make the bingo board. Bingen board. We definitely see destruction Bingen of the set, the set being uh, the world. Yeah, um, just like the main set on the show. If anything is like Dory's apartment, and we no, it's New York, Brooklyn. which is now yeah, destroyed yeah. itself. Uh, yeah, we see them exit, and they're in a weird quarantine zone uh, that they're then leaving because, like, that's where you like go out. They're like, have a night on the town. Like, I heard they sanitized the Ritz. We could break in, and like, you just sort of accept a risk. You're entering like the zombie world. Uh, but you are allowed to come and go and there's just checkpoints uh, and like a little wrist scanner that tells you if you're human. I love the all the awkward. like, have a nice day. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah. The guy there. Oh, hi. Hi. Like some of them not saying anything. Some of them just being like, mm, yeah, just exactly what it was. Perfect. And then, yeah, they see, um, then they see uh, Ben Stiller's wife. Yeah. Christine Taylor again uh, has been turned into a zombie. And for a moment, her. she holds eye contact. And you're like, oh, God, are they aware? Is there recognition behind those eyes? Maybe. And then, like, that's a shame. She was cool. Wait, what if we were, what if we're the monsters? Yeah, we are the walking. The end, of, the end of Search Party reveals that they are the walking dead. Have I ever told you and guys about how my mom, like, didn't understand the concept of that show or what a zombie was? What? What? Um, so my mom, averse to any sort of fantastical media of any kind like we'll turn it off if there is an element of the supernatural uh for the most part didn't really understand what zombie is and the walking dead she was like i thought it was about a bunch of dead people walking around and i was like well yes but that's not (laughs) but you know it's not the main characters which is what she thought like that they were just like i don't know what she thought it is the main she doesn't understand the difference just understand the difference between a zombie and like a vampire or any of these things like just the concept of completely eluded her in the, you know, you know, night of the living dead comes out. She's seven years old and you know, zombie media became only more popular from there. I just, I just can't get over that part. I just, the didn't know. <laughs> like Incredible. I don't know. Incredible. It was weird. It's a weird time. Uh, what was I going to say? Zombie, uh, yeah, yeah, I zombies, mean, zombies, whatever. You, you're getting last shot. There's a wall of missing people. Dory stares yeah, at she, it. Call back. She looks at the. She looks at the end, or she looks at the wall like she looked at the, the, like the flyer at, at the, the start. Telephone pole. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and thus it ends. And you're like, oh god, she's gonna do it again, <laughs> or no one's learned anything. What have yes. we learned? No one's learned anything. No one's learned anything. Like your life is the same, no matter what the context is. Don't move. It's not oh yeah. We skipped anything. the conversation of, of <laughs> yeah. Elliot's like, I'm thinking of moving to LA and they're like, why? Like, I'm just tired of being in this town of like only 13,000 people. Like, I feel like I'm tired of seeing the same 13,000. Yeah, 13, like, aren't there only like 11,000 in LA? It's just, yeah. But like they know we're, they know about us here. Like I'm tired of just being, they know like, we caused the end judgment. of the world. <laughs> I would speak for my, I just want to speak for myself here. If, I lived in the end times like this and I knew the people directly responsible for creating the end times and they were walking around and going to weddings and breaking into the Ritz. Um, 
I might take some actions that while most media teaches me that revenge is ultimately unfulfilling, I still would kind of want. You feel me? Yeah, I do feel like they would have been torn apart by like the people who survived anyway yeah. uh, at some point. Especially when it's like no remorse. Yeah. Well, that's just me. I could murder if I wanted to. You could to, get away with it, but you wouldn't. We understand. I mean, getting away with murder in a post-apocalyptic society seems pretty easy, honestly. It yeah. seems like, yeah, in that world... I think world, it's not uh, illegal anymore at that point, because I don't think there I is don't know. A, yeah, who makes the laws? a judicial system. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it, is de- it is certainly technically not illegal. <laughs> but there is, I guess, a military force of some... Uh, but they're yeah, not gonna there's a, a yeah, there's a military... No, there's a law. I'd there's an occupying force, but are they going to investigate crimes? Because the history of occupying forces isn't like they're concerned with like the crime that's happening. Anyways, that was Search Party... <laughs> Travis, you're next, uh, right? I am next. Steven, you said you think you're going to watch it. Ian, you said you don't watch TV anymore, but you would, you probably, I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. I really, like, I did, I I really, like, I wish that I was the type who would be like, wow, five seasons, let's knock it out. But I'm watching, I'm watching Better Call Saul, like, it's airing currently. So, like, I I don't know how I can fit this in. Yeah. And I'm supposed to start Only Murders in the Building because I've been physically threatened. I couldn't get into that one. Yeah, uh, I and I also it. need to watch Abbott good, Elementary because that one person is dressed as Storm. <laughs> I watched a good five episodes of Only Murders in the Building, but uh, I just it just wasn't. I don't know if it'll be as good way. as that one image I saw of Martin Short wearing like head to toe purple, where someone just was like Magneto. <laughs> um, yeah. That's okay. it. So what do we got next week? I don't know why so I said it with that weird. My cadence. contribution. Uh, before I get into my contribution to our spooky October picks, um, I have a few questions for the hosts, such as, Oh God, do you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? Ever noticed what big stars real estate agents have become? How much money would it take you for you to spend a night in a cemetery? Do you love to go a wandering beneath the clear blue sky? Have you ever noticed how many successful restaurants are theme based these days? Nothing for any of those. Uh, well, we're doing Beyond Belief uh, Factor Fiction next week. So <laughs> okay. When you started on this. <laughs> Abso-fucking-lutely. Yes. When you started I, on this, I was like, wait a minute. Is this is this the show? And I, I paused from saying who I know is the host. At you least, know who one of the hosts is. We're going to get Yeah, that's both. true. Um, Believe Steve, me when I tell you, I have watched... So many hours of this show. Then it's me. <laughs> okay. It's me to t- it's me to describe so them. So <laughs> many hours of the show. Um, this was a me and my sister classic. Okay. Well, someone put the time on the clock then. Okay. Uh, in three seconds, you'll have thirty seconds of the clock. Tell us everything you know about Beyond Belief, fact or fiction. Three, two, one, go. It's a show um, where. Um, uh, Jonathan Frakes, Riker from Star Trek, uh, sits down and says things like, it's a complete fiction. We made it all up. Absolutely a lie. No. Totally made up. Nothing real happened. Fiction. It's fiction. It's all fiction. We made this up. It's a complete fabrication. Never happened. We keep going on like this. That's all he does. That's the only thing I know of this show is that some people tell some stories and then at the end you're like, did okay, that happen? Time. And he's like, no. That's time. it's a good it's a good it's a very good meme <laughs> the questions one though like is so much funnier just like out of context the no's are great to like respond to stuff 
but like just watching that yeah. again so I could be like, which questions should I pull out of that? Because the only one I yeah, remember no, I mean, was, that makes sense. Do you know? Do you remember the tallest man you've ever seen? Because like that one really always stuck out with me, and I think he's like on a bicycle when he asks it. Like <laughs> he's like, and it's like the only one I have an answer for, which is like I've seen Yao Ming, um, but like. So here's the question. Then you said one of the stars real estate agents have become. (laughs) Are we going to get, are we going to get Jonathan Frakes? We're going to get Frakes and we're going to get James Brolin uh, for the first one next week. James, Jimmy Brolin. So yeah, come come join us as we discuss a a type of show. I don't think we've done before. He was married to Barbara Streisand for one year. That's right. No, Steven, I think James Brolin is still married to Barbara Streisand. Is he? Oh yeah, that's why. That's why it says okay. That's why it doesn't have an end date. She's Josh (laughs) Brolin's stepmom. Yeah, wait, but no. So, Steve, you pulled up the Wikipedia page and you saw what like M next to a year, and you were like one year only. The thing is, the thing is, the thing is, he's had three marriages, right? He's had three marriages. Yeah. So it it, it's nineteen ninety six to nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty six to nineteen ninety five, and then nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. So, but listen, as a guy who spends a lot of time on Wikipedia talking about celebrity or looking on celebrity relationships, it says M next to the year they get married and Div next to the year they get divorced. No, 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 no. I'll show you what exactly it says. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. You know what? We could we we could talk more about James Brolin's personal life next week when we discuss Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Okay, Look at that's this. true. Look at this. This is what it says. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at I this. I can't see anything. I can't see what you're telling. Steven, just just take us home already, and then we can yeah. talk about this. Get the fuck out of my business, you baby-cocked bitch.